Welcome to Yanker Jack with Brian Swope. Dynamite drop in money. That broadcast school has really paid off. Part of the Gateway City Sports Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's good to have you all back again uh, with us here on Yacker Jacks. I am your host, Brian Swope, Papa Swope on Twitter. Uh, how's it going, guys? This is uh, our second episode, and I am excited again to be here with you, joining you guys. And uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, you know, I really appreciate uh, all the listeners out there who are taking the time to, whether you're on the road driving or at home or you know, at work, just trying to get a break and, uh, and get away from things for a minute, whatever the reason, I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're joining me. Uh, today I want to talk about a few different things. Um, first of all, um, wow, the Cardinals won last night. Amazing. Seems like, seems like it's, uh, something I haven't been able to say for a while. The Cardinals won. Um, but, uh, but no, Hey, they won. Great. Um, but uh, let's not read too much into that. <laughs> Here's what I mean. The Cardinals offense burst out for seven runs, and, and that was fantastic. I mean, there, there's nothing you like to see more um, than, than the team uh, bust out like that. Uh, that being said, <laughs> if you look, uh, I, I've got the uh, Cardinals official MLB.com website pulled up right now, and, and the headline is, Bats bust out in clutch W. Um, <laughs> yeah, the bat the bats busted out um, in the seventh inning when the Diamondbacks, the literal worst team in the league, left a reliever in way longer than they should have, and that's when the Cardinals' bats busted out. They could only manage one run up until the seventh inning against the worst team in the league, like the literal worst team in the league. And, uh, and I just, I find it hilarious that, um, <laughs> that this is going to be used as a, um, you know, as a thing that the front office is going to point to and say, oh, well, hey, look, we, uh, we put up seven runs. Uh, things are really starting to turn around. I, I'll I'll believe it when you're doing it against teams um, that aren't the very worst teams in the league. Um, and, and, you know, the fact that they struggled for the first six innings um, is is enough to just say, "Oh my gosh, man, why why can't this team figure it out? Why why can't this team hit?" Um, and Mosellock, oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> you know. I have been a John Mosellock apologist for several years. You know, I, I've I've respected him. I've thought that um, that he was has always been a very good, um, a good, very good executive. Um, he's you know he's constructed some some very good teams. Um, you know, obviously some some World Series uh, caliber teams, some some championship winning teams. Uh, but at the same time, um, I wonder if he's losing his touch a little bit. 
Um, you know, in talking about the offensive struggles, um, he said, and I quote, obviously we've had some offensive struggles, and for some reason, Jeff Albert has had a target on his back. Well, yeah, Jeff Albert has a, ta- a target on his back, Mr. Mosellock. There's a reason for that. Because this offense that should be hitting and should be scoring and should be producing runs is not producing runs. They're just not. They're not hitting. They're, they, you know, feasted on a guy that was left in too long and was really beat up um, last night. And so I, I don't think you can... Um, I don't think you can look and say, uh, I don't know why Jeff Albert has a target on his back. Yeah, there's a reason. You know the reason. The reason is because the offense stinks. That's the reason why your hitting coach has a target on his back. You know, and everybody knows that this team needs, needs to be better. Things need to improve. And that's that's just the way that it is. It's just the way that it is. You know, and, and another thing that he said, which is really, really frustrating to me, is um, he says, we definitely have a win-now mentality, but we're not going to do so at the cost of our future. I'm sorry. If you're looking at the future and focusing on the future, then you're not in a win-now mentality. Yeah, it's just the way that it is. You cannot look at me and tell me that you are trying to win now when you're hoarding prospects for your future. You can't have your cake and eat it too, Mosellock. You either win now or you don't and you try to build for the future. <clears throat> but what, what's been so frustrating, um, I think for many Cardinals fans, has been the fact of um, you hear this often from Mosellock. You know, we we don't want to mortgage our future um, for for the present. You know, and, and you know, I get that. I get that to an extent. But how many years now have we heard that same line? We don't want to mortgage the future. We don't want. When is the future? When is it? Is it now? Is it twenty years from now? You know, when is the future going to be here? You know, what, why do we keep moving the goalposts back? You know, it, 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 it's mind-boggling to think that we have a team that really is in a good position to be a great team. I mean, you look at the, the names on this roster, and this is, on paper, this is a good team. You know, pl- played out, it's not, though. Um, and there, there are definitely some issues, um, you know, and there were issues coming into this, uh, into the season that everybody was able to see. Um, and, uh, and that's the problem is that everybody else can see it. Uh, and, and Mr. Mosellock apparently, uh, doesn't, um, doesn't see the same things that the fans are seeing. Um, you know, this, uh, there's another quote from him that just, um, (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, even when you go out and do something big, like go out and trade for Paul Goldschmidt, it's then what's next? So I think trying to appease that type of voice is virtually impossible. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is coming from an MLB executive. Not just any MLB executive, 
an executive from the winningest National League team of all time, the most storied franchise in the National League, and he is saying, when you go out and do something big, it's then what's next. Trying to appease that type of voice is virtually impossible. It's not impossible to appease that kind of voice. All you got to do is win. And of course, those types of, of fans are going to look at this and they're going to say, okay, great. You traded for Paul Goldschmidt. There's some other holes on this roster. What are you going to do next? One player does not a championship team make, Mr. Moselock. It's just that simple. And to think that you can go out and trade for Paul Goldschmidt and then maybe trade for, you know, Nolan Arenado, and then that's it. It's not it. It's not. You have to address every single hole on this roster, and you didn't. You know, you, you want to talk about um, planning for the future. You should have planned for the future in... <laughs> In the offseason, when you had a perfect opportunity to provide the insurance that you needed to make sure that this team was going to succeed. And you didn't do that. So, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? You, you had a chance to make sure you were covered, and you didn't. Speaking of coverage, we all get to that point in life when we want to make sure the things that we love and the people we care about are, are going to be taken care of. And that's when you need insurance. And not any insurance will do. You need Allstate. That's why the Wiley Group has two locations in Festus and Arnold to serve you. They offer home, auto, boat, motorcycle, business, life insurance, investments, and so much more. They use a customized approach that is tailor-made to meet your needs. Give Sean and his team a call today at 636-764-6294. They can help you with an insurance quote right over the phone. Or if you just want to talk sports, they can do that too. Don't have time to call? Just email Sean at seanwiley at allstate.com to learn about the coverage options that you need to keep you and your family protected. And remember, you're in good hands with Allstate. You know, I could go on and on um, about um, Mr. Mosaloc and the Cardinals, but I, I don't want to do that. Um, I, I think we've, we've hit on him enough and, you know... It, Every bit of criticism right now is well-deserved, and he's got to know that. Um, he, he has to understand that. He's too smart not to get it. He just is. He's too smart not to get it. So let, let's move on. Um, in hockey news, um, there's been some rumors going, um, going around the last you know, a few weeks. Uh, well, I guess last week or so that uh, apparently um, Matthew Kachuk wants out of Calgary. That's right. Matthew Kachuk, son of former blue great Keith Kachuk, once out of Calgary. Speculations are that the Blues may be in on him. I think that's a fantastic idea. I think there were definitely um, some issues with the team uh, this past season. And uh, I think uh, some, some more young, fresh blood, um, someone who's, you know, a St. Louis area kid. I mean, his dad played for the team. He grew up in St. Louis. You know, his, his home <laughs> really is in St. Louis. I mean, this is what 
what the kid knows. And uh, he he grew up around blues hockey. So I got to tell you guys, I, I think it's I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea if the if the blues can pull it off. But uh, at the same time, um, I don't know if they will. Like, wh- what's it, what's it going to cost us? Um, I've heard that it's going to be, you know, a Tarasenko plus. Um, m- maybe, um, maybe, uh, maybe not. Um, but I, I think at the very least, you're, you're going to be talking probably Tarasenko. And are, are we ready to move on from him? Um yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. You know, I I was a huge um, Vladdy fan. I've been a Vladdy fan since he came up, since his rookie season. Um, he he's when he is healthy, and and that's the caveat there. When he is healthy, Vladdy is as good a player as anybody else in the league. I mean, he can score. He can, you know, he he's he's just sharp on the point. I mean, he just. Vladdy, when he is right, seems like he can score from just about anywhere on the ice. But the problem is he hasn't been right for several years. You know, he, he's got that nagging shoulder injury that just keeps cropping up. And, you know, you look at that and you say, well, you know, Vladdy, when he's healthy, is, is a far better player than um, Matthew Kachuk is. Well, yeah, Vladdy in his prime when he was healthy. You know, I, I will take a 23-year-old Matthew Kachuk who is healthy and producing uh, over, you know, the next guy up because Vladdy is on the shelf. And I think that's a no-brainer. Now, whether or not this uh, this happens and gets pulled off is a completely different story. Um but it's an interesting one to keep our eyes on. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's got the potential to put the Blues right back in the, uh, in the mix for uh, the Stanley Cup. I mean, it, it, he really seems like a good fit for this team. And knowing Doug Armstrong... Um, Army is not, he's not going to get sentimental about this. He's not going to, um, play off of emotion, um, either when it comes to Kachuk or, uh, with Vladdy. Uh, what we know is that Army is going to do whatever he can to make this team better and to put them back in contention. And that is what a general manager should do. Figure out how to win now. There is one goal and one goal only at the start of every season to be the last team standing. And that is what uh, Doug Armstrong has always tried to do. And uh, he, he's done a good job of it. Um, you know, give, give him credit. We, we've got a, a Stanley Cup, the first Stanley Cup in team history uh, back in 2019. And, uh, you know, I, guys, I got to tell you, I've, I've grown up a Blues fan my entire life. And, uh, <laughs> the second they won the cup, I had a tear rolling down my face because um, that's been my team. It's been my team. And I would love to see them get back. Uh, I would love to see um, just the beginning of something really, really great. 
maybe a trade for Kachuk would do that. Um, I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if it will. Uh, moving on to something else. Um, the Olympics are coming up. And I don't know if you guys got to watch any of um, the Olympic trials, but uh, I did. Um, my, my wife, Katie, is a, um, she's an Olympics junkie. It's what she loves. Um, and um, it's, <laughs> it, it's really funny. Um, my wife doesn't watch any other sports, um, but, um, <laughs> but when it comes to the Olympics, like you can't get her away from the TV. I mean, she's glued to the TV, um, whenever, um, the Olympics come on and we had some really, really cool things happen, um, in, in the Olympics, uh, in, in our, you know, team trials, um, you know, one being that, um, Sydney McLaughlin, um, broke the world record, um, in the 400 meter hurdles. And I, I believe she was the first woman ever to go sub 52 seconds. I think, I think her time was, was 51.9. And, um, she is looking very, very strong, um, coming into, um, coming into the Olympic games. Uh, so I, I think that's, I think that's going to be, um, incredible, um, to watch our track and field team is coming together and is really, really good, um, this year. Um, the, uh, another thing that I thought was really cool, um, a story that, uh, storyline that I'm going to be watching anyway, when the Olympics come up is, um, uh, is, is the story coming out of the, uh, men's 200 meter dash, uh, Noah Lyles, um, won, um, but what I was excited to see, um, was the fact that right behind him was, oh gosh, and I, of course now I can't, um, I can't pull it up. Um, right behind him was, um, 17 year old. Arian Knighton. Um, guys, this is a high school kid. <laughs> this kid is in high school and he's going to the Olympics. How cool is that? How cool is that? And, and I mean, you're not talking about just some, some 17-year-old uh, going to the Olympics. You're talking about a guy that... Um, broke, I think, at least two of Usain Bolt's under 20 records. Um, this kid's fast. He's fast. And um, he, he pushed um, he, he, he pushed Noah Lyles. And, uh, you know, Lyles came, came out and, you know, ran a fantastic race. He was loose. He was relaxed. He was comfortable and he was flying. Um, and, and honestly in, in watching it, I think Knighton, uh, ran a more, um, he didn't seem as loose, um, as, as he was, uh, in, 
in the uh, qualifiers leading up to the final, uh, but he was still fast. He was still fast, and, and I think if he uh, loosens up some more and uh, and can um, can focus, then I think we're talking about um, a really really special story. Um, you know, when it comes to uh, the Olympics this year and one of our uh, track and field athletes, um, so I I'm excited. Um, for the Olympics coming up, um, other Olympic things that are that are going on. Um, Allison Felix, again, um, is <laughs> is going to be on the Olympic team, um, and I I cannot I cannot imagine. <laughs> I cannot imagine um, being not just, you know, that age, but like being a parent. And I mean, you, you look at Allison Felix is 35 years old um, and, you know, she has a kid. She has nine Olympic medals. Um, her only individual gold came in the, uh, in the 200 meter and in 2012, um, which is, you know, she, what she qualified for, um, in, uh, um, uh, in, in the Tokyo games this year. Um, but, um, man, how, how cool is that? Like how, how cool is that at 35 years old, Allison Felix still, still competing and not, not just competing, but competing at the highest level. Uh, so that's another story I'm going to be looking for. And, and, you know, I'm going to, I think the entire nation, uh, of course we get behind all of our athletes, but I think it's going to be something special, um, for Allison Felix. Um, it's most, most certainly her final Olympics. Um, but, um, it, it could be one of the most special for her. Um, you know, and I would love to see her make the podium in the 200. And what is cooler as an Olympian than being able to have your daughter in the stands watching you, cheering you on? And uh, that, I mean, that's just a memory that you can never duplicate. Um, and so it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. The Olympics are going to be great, guys. Um, you know, and that's not... It's not to say anything of, you know, our gymnastics teams, um, both men and women are solid. Um, I don't think anyone um, at all is going to touch uh, Simone Biles. Um, I think she's just, she is a beast. Um, there's just no other way um, to put it. And um, she she's going to kill it. She is going to kill it. Absolutely. Um, so I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to um, to the Olympic Games this year. So we'll see. We'll see how that how that plays out. In the meantime, I have something really special for you guys today. Joining me now on the Holy Smokers guest line is none other than Dan Buffa. When it's time to add a little spice to your life, make your next grilling adventure a spiritual experience with Holy Smokers Rub Company. 
They have a variety of flavors to choose from. Each one is specially blended for a taste sensation that you will pray never ends. Best part is all proceeds go towards helping families who are going through the process of adopting a child. So look them up on Facebook and be sure to use coupon code GCS10. That's the letters GCS, the number 10, and get 10% off your order. Holy Smokers Rub Company, bless your taste buds. Hey, Dan, how's it going? What's going on, buddy? It's just another day. We're sipping. I'm sipping coffee here, trying to, you know, um, reboot the brain. So it's just another day here in South City. How awesome. are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Been been great lately. Been been super busy, um, but uh, you know, trying to trying to make time to juggle it all. You got the wife, <laughs> the five kids, and the job and everything else. So it, it's crazy, especially getting into summer. We just sent two kids to camp. Uh, this week and it's like oh my gosh there's so much to do so yeah it's it's like when you send the kids away that that's when like the recon work begins and then they come back and and everything kind of begins the cycle begins on over and over <laughs> yeah you get everything set up while they're gone and then they come back and just destroy everything again and so that's it you, you just constantly yeah, play catch up <laughs> the house so, is the house is clean the house is clean for about you know like you said a week so as I would say, just appreciate that cleansing as well at last. Exactly. <laughs> so, hey, uh, speaking of cleansing, um, what's going on with the Cardinals, man? It kind of seems uh, like we might need to clean house a little bit. What, what's up? You know, I mean, I think like the best laid plans that they had, and this is these are flawed plans because, again, I think everybody who hasn't been living under a rock knows that they didn't really establish that starting pitching depth, and they've already just kind of gone through it. And I don't think they saw Jack Flaherty and Jordan Hicks going down. So the pitching side, I'll give them a little bit that they're really struggling. But the hitting side, you know, last night up until they had the outburst, I thought it was going to be one of those depressing 1-1 games until about midnight. And then somebody would just, you know, do a you know, seeing eye single into right field. But then they scored those runs. It's like somebody walked into them and go, hey, you guys are the Cardinals. You know, the, the Diamondbacks, they're terrible. and But it just took them that many innings to get booted up. So they have a lot of problems. And as much as I would like to dream about Max Scherzer, you know, taking a, a spot in the lineup five days a week, making a start twice a week, uh, they they need quite a few pieces to fix what's plaguing them. And I think Bernie Miklas kind of started to dig at it yesterday with uh, the organizational, the way they put together rosters, the way they evaluate talent, and also just, again, that lack of really major league baseball proven depth. And right now, you know, it's like you're reaching into the pantry as a GM and a coach and you don't have much, you know, they, they can't grab much. All they can do is promote guys like Nolan Gorman, who I, I'm very, it's great to see him only one level away, but yeah, they have a lot of issues. I, I don't think that it can be handled in one podcast, but by that time we'll, we'll be sipping a lot more than just coffee. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Headaches <laughs> abound. I mean, you look at the you look at the roster, and you know, at the beginning of the season, I mean, anybody could see, you know, that there were holes yeah. in the rotation, and you're banking on, you know, guys coming off of injury. That's never a recipe for success. I mean, it, it just it, isn't. It, it, it's not, and, and it's you know, you look at it like I think they said, well, man, I think Mosaic was surprised that Colorado said, yeah, we'll we'll do that trade, and maybe he just kind of thought, well. I did that big trade. Now I'm just going to kind of coast. And he needed to get another starter. Like he needed to get another bat because, you know, we don't want to say that when Harrison Bader goes down, the offense kind of got erratic. But when he really went down, 
that's when everything in this lineup kind of started to break down. And then when underperformance, Paul Goldschmidt, who seems to think that he's the Paul Goldschmidt of old, of, of old some nights and not the other nights. But, yeah, there, there were moves to be made, and you can't bark at him too much for putting together a payroll that's still pretty high. But it's how they use that payroll. I think that's becoming the story is that it's not that they, okay, they didn't get a couple players they needed, but how many times are they just going to compose a roster that's so fragile and so unproductive for a long period of time? Yeah, and, you know, he talks about, you know, I think Adam Silver just did a, a piece about uh, the uh, the about the, the – Gosh, I can't even think this morning um, about how Mosaic says we don't want to we want we're in a win now mentality, but we don't want to, you know, sacrifice the future. Um, if you're in a win now mentality, are you that worried about the future? I mean, you know, <laughs> I just want to, you know, you know, Brian, what I want to do, I want to be a fly on that wall. Just one day when Bill and Michael Gersh, they all just, you know, Bill DeWitt walks in and goes, John, what, what, what are we going to do about this team? And I just want to see like. There's no media. There's no cameras. What are you guys really talking about? Like, yeah. what's the plan? Because I've always, I, I was that way as a fan. I was like, can we just get, can that be an award that we win or a prize that we just get to sit there? We don't get to say anything. We just get to evaluate. But I just want to know what their plan is because you, you can tell us, hey, this is a tough year. We got Arenado. We swear he's not going to leave after this season or next season. Because I can just see Mosaic saying that at some point this summer. Don't worry. No one's not going anywhere. We're going to have two no ones on a team next year. But um, I just don't know what you know, what they're going to do. I, I Part yeah. of me thinks that he's doing this kind of like this underground kind of thing where he tells the press, like, well, we'll see what we can do. And then he goes out and makes a big deal that involves like six players. Or there's the other side of the coin where he just – maybe the Cardinals just wait till they get healthy – but by that time, that's the waiver wires passed. I mean, I know Michaelis and Flaherty are, are August you know, returnees, so I don't know what they're going to do, Brian. And, and I think that's part of the problem. Fans yeah. don't know what this team, who, look, they, they can tell the press all day that they had Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnato, but we'll say which Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnato. I mean, he, he's having a great year. I think people are overlooking that he's got an OPS, or, I mean, a little over 800 on kind of a bad team. He's probably thinking, I left Colorado to get away from this. And it's like that stink <laughs> yeah. just followed. It's like, I have another team that's under 500. You know, we can't ascend. And as you know, it, it's not exactly early anymore, Brian. I mean, no, this is where they have to start evaluating. And in a month, it's a trade deadline. Yeah. They're still, you know, less than 10 games out. But you're getting to the point now. Like, once you get past the All-Star break, I mean, yeah, this this team to me right now is looking like, a team of sellers, not buyers. Um, but yeah. you know, and I keep telling people, you know, wait till next year where there's a lot more money coming off the books and, and maybe I don't think Aronado's going anywhere because of the no. CBA coming up. He, he's not going anywhere. He's not gonna leave that money there's, on the table. Yeah. There, there's just a lot of, yeah, especially with that new CBA and we knew how, and we saw how hard it was for these two sides to come to an agreement for a shortened season. I mean, there was a lot of cat and, you know, clawing and scratching just to get a season in last year and during the pandemic. And now, you know, you have, they have to negotiate a whole CBA, which you was know, multiple seasons. And I think this is the, the you know, the, the problem there is that the players have given so many inches over the years 
And the owners, of course, want more inches. And so I think that's going to be problematic. And I don't think Arnado is going to go, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and bypass this 175 to $200 million. It's just sitting right here with my name on it. It's like getting a birthday card and then going, ah, I'm going to put this back in the pile. Yeah. It's like, no, he, <laughs> he's not going anywhere. But I, And I do think that next year or this offseason, that's going to be the big kicker. But I also think this team, if they make a couple offensive upgrades – and they, maybe they get a, a kind of like a Octavio Dottel kind of reliever that just equalizes the bullpen, and they get healthy in August. I mean, this could be a different looking team. I'm going to say that crazy thing that every like fan and writer says: this could be a different team, or it could just be a, a, the same train wreck. It just depends on what upgrades they choose to make. One of the things that's really, as we say, about who's going to be selling, who's going to be buying. The guy starting tonight, Brian, Carlos Martinez, I feel like this is his, like, not last, last stand, but as far as a Cardinal, how many more starts can you give a guy if he goes out there against the Diamondbacks and just starts to, you know, toss grenades around the mound? I mean, he's a guy that yeah. I'm looking at as far as a selling piece for them, perhaps with another player, but right now, definitely sellers. I mean, even if they kind of turn things around with this schedule, I still think there's their sellers. Yeah, well, I think the the point in the schedule for them to turn it around was where they're at right now, and they've just yeah. they've stunk it up. I I think this month they're they're what seven and seventeen or eight and seventeen yeah. this month eight after after yesterday. Yes. So yeah, it, um, it it's yeah. a mess. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess he can come out in, in the the press pool today and go, "Well, we've won two of our last three. Like, yeah, and you've lost you know nineteen out of your last twenty five. So. Yeah. Um, this team, all they have to do is just put some wins together. I mean, show show the, the fan base that you have an answer at offense. Because if you don't, you, you can't convince us it's Harrison Bader. As much as he was an equalizer a month or two ago, nobody can really think that he's going to get in there and have a week or two of good production and just flip this offense around. I think he'll help, but what, what are their plans? I would just like them to kind of be honest with the fan base because they're the ones that are – just to give you an example, Saturday I went to a game, and is it is it just me or is it kind of harder to really get down and get yourself to a game in hot weather? So I, yeah. I, I go there on Saturday, and, you know, you make the drive down there. You park. Mike Shannon's is not $6 anymore. It's $15. Oh, my gosh. So you're, walk, so you're walking across, and there's no pretzel person in Keener Plaza. I'm just giving you a play-by-play of my sadness on Saturday, <laughs> except for the fact that they won. I mean – but just you're getting in there and you're watching this team like middle around and there's nobody there yet on that game. I swear it was below 30,000 actual people in the stands. So I, I do think that they see that and I think that they see that, that they can't just rest on, the, on their laurels. They can't sit on their hands unless they tell the fan base, hey, you know, just, just let us shed this payroll and we're going to make next year. Because I, I like to think their plan is to – pick up these guys and retain like you know, the Waynos and the Yachties. And then next year when they really get rid of this payroll, Andrew Miller, Matt Carpenter, I cannot see Carlos Martinez on this team next year. And even if he has a Jack Flaherty second half that Jack Flaherty had two years ago, I cannot see him making a start in 2022 <laughs> no. as his, as his salary goes up because he isn't going to win a degree. So he, you know, he, he's going to want that, that option. So Part of me wrestles with that fact that, okay, you guys can do that, but they have to be honest with the fan base. You can't play shadow games with the people that are going to help you make money. So yeah. at this point, I, I think we're all just, we're kind of waiting to see what they're going to do. We can't, you know, 
put the whole comeback team on Wade LeBlanc. I mean, I don't think yeah. he can handle that. Not to take away from what he did, though, last night. I mean, he, he was great. And, yeah. and what we, he yeah. was exactly what we needed last night. Speaking of, you know, being honest with the fans and, and coming up with a plan, I, I think maybe uh, Mo ought to take a couple notes or just go have coffee with uh, Doug Armstrong. Um, you yeah, know, he, pick his brain, John. Yeah, he's, he's good. And the rumors coming out right now, and I talked about this earlier in the show a little bit, uh, before we brought you on, um, Matthew Kachuk is supposedly yeah. wanting out of Calgary, um, and the Blues have been rumored. What What do you think? Is, is that a possibility? You know, I mean, I put nothing past Doug Armstrong, and we're just talking about a guy that we're not sure what we can put in front of Mosellock and Gersh, and you have Armstrong, who I really would think, even if this is an outlandish, far-fetched deal, he's going to take his best shot. Because I think Armstrong and Tom Stoneman, they want to win. And they know that that window is going to start closing, especially when you start to get more you know, clear answers on what Colton Pareko could be. What is Vince Dunn ever going to be that more than that problematic defenseman? He's got talent. He's got a lot of talent. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, Tarasenko, even if they kept him around, maybe he's like that old man Tarasenko on the third line who occasionally just pumps in a hat trick because they don't know what he's going to be either. And so I think Armstrong thinks, well, you know, we, we you know, the Blues didn't retain Petro. They had kind of a disappointing playoff exit. So we need to do something to shake things up and also think about the next 10 years of your team. You have O'Reilly. You have Braden Shen. You have those people that are going to be there. But is Jaden Schwartz going to be there? How about Tarasenko? I mean, you got the Seattle kind of draft coming up. Who, who aren't you protecting David Perron. I mean, Brian, there is one person I felt so bad for in the playoffs. It was David Perron. Here's a guy that has a great season. You know, he came back to St. Louis. What? He played for St. Louis three different times. Wins the Stanley <laughs> Cup. Okay, after the pandemic, we're going back to the playoffs. And then he couldn't get off the COVID list. He had to yeah. watch his team lose. So I think he's a big uh, spark plug. But Matthew Kachuk... I, Right now, I would say it's less than 50-50, but Doug Armstrong, again, you cannot put anything past that guy. I think he has this chip on his shoulder that somebody said the Cardinals are the sports team in St. Louis once upon a time, and I think he's just determined to keep the Blues in that conversation. And hey, they're as the well last they team to win, the, to win a championship. The Cardinals, it's, it's, it's 10 years this year. Yeah, yeah, we're... we're... We're hungry. Come on. We're hungry for another We're hungry. one. Stop you feeding know, us cold white castles, Cardinals. We we need to have like a good hearty meal. So yeah, I absolutely. Hope they, I hope they just drink a little bit of that Doug Armstrong coffee and, you know, just do do something. It's like that. What's that gift where the person just pokes the thing on the ground with a stick? I just want the Cardinals to do something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like <laughs> the Cardinals are eating cold White Castle and uh, Doug Armstrong <laughs> sitting there at uh, Uncle Bill's having coffee and a nice stack of pancakes. Yeah, he's having like a slinger that was, it's the hottest, greatest slinger ever made with like a, a Gordon Ramsay egg on top. And then the oh, Cardinals man. are down there, you know, getting hash browns from two hours ago. I don't know, but I mean, I think the status in this town, the next year is huge because if he goes out and gets Kachuk and the Cardinals just kind of swoop down a little lower and you also have to start thinking about, is Jack Flaherty going to stay around? Because Jack Flaherty is a very proud young man. He makes his own decisions. He doesn't let his agent make his decisions. So that's something the Cardinal fans got to start thinking about, that long-term Flaherty contract. But yeah, I, 
I would love for the Blues to go out and bring home Matthew Kachuk. And this is where you got to tell Keith, hey, man, you got to make some calls. Tell him about Toasted Ravioli. Mention Pat Maroon's name. He's playing in three straight Stanley Cups. You come here and good things can happen. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I don't want to keep you too long, Dan. I know you're you're a busy man, and and I'm gonna have to shuffle off to work here pretty soon myself. <laughs> uh, you got big plans for the weekend, man. You know my my plans are, are pretty much they're 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 kind of simple plans. Like uh, you know how it is when the weekend hits. You know you, you just want to sit there and have about an hour of silence before you do anything. But usually my sister comes over and we have a pool in the backyard and. You know, I'll, I'll escape off to watch some kind of movie that I have to review. But m- most most weekends are just hanging out with the family, man, getting some takeout from a local eatery, me eating most of the food, the wife nibbles. and <laughs> <laughs> But it never really any laid out like no, no real plans yet. Hopefully to watch a little bit of non-depressing Cardinal baseball. How about you? We've got... Uh probably 25 30 people coming over to our house this weekend it's uh, we're oh, celebrating fourth wow. of july our of july, you know our, yeah. our uh, neighbors across the street they have this huge like open field behind their house and they they go all out with That's the great. fireworks man they they spend you know really? thousands of dollars on their fireworks it's crazy um but we've you know we've yeah, got a pool go in the back get, too yeah. so we just my wife's like you know what we're gonna have an open house come and go as you please swim if you want to stay and watch you know the fireworks go for it and you know we're gonna be grilling yeah. out and just having a good time man yeah man i mean it's funny we're going to see the fireworks show at Sublet Park, and they're doing it about a week after think after Fourth of July. They they do a great show over there, right off the hill, and so that's going to be our show. And my sister just bought a house right off the hill. Technically, this is the sad thing if she could be telling her friends she's not really on the hill, but you could throw a rock from her house to Canetto's. So I feel like you're, you know, you're 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 hill adjacent, as she says. Yeah, so. I, I I was too. I, I grew up. Uh, Right there at uh, Arsenal and Forty Four. So technically, I was in Clifton yeah. Heights, but I was I was close enough to the hill to say, yeah. I, I kind of grew up around it. So, so um, yeah, I, I I imagine there'll be some fireworks being put off at, uh, at the Buffa household, but I, I think it'll be more of the 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 low key variety. Our our big fireworks show is about. They, I think they're doing it a week after. Sometimes they do that, I guess, because I guess the dates line up and they can get the park, but. If you ever yeah. want to come back down to the hill area, Sublet Park puts on a heck of a show. And just a quick little bittersweet story about Sublet Park and fireworks. Uh, a few years ago, well, six, seven. Who, who's counting, Brian? <laughs> I, I, I was laying there. And you know how, how you do when the fireworks show really kicks into its, you know, its big excitement period. So I lay down on the grass. And out of nowhere... Uh, something bounced off of my, I swear, my nipple. <laughs> and I, I, I picked it up, and it was a piece of a firework. And now my family, we call it the crippled nipple. So <laughs> as, 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 as many bruises as, I, as I've taken at Subway Park, I still want to go back. But that's a true story of, of chest muscles and fireworks in Subway Park. But you, you can't deny that, that thrill. I'm going back. Absolutely. It's worth it. <laughs> Worth the it's risk. Worth we, there's a there's a park near where in a town near where we live, and they've just got like this little pond, and everybody like sits down on on the bank on one side of the pond, and on the other side, you know, you got the fire department setting off fireworks, and you can like literally feel the ash falling into your eyes from from the fireworks. It's crazy. Yeah. It's you're, crazy. You're watching. You're like, is this like the end of Infinity War? Is for people turning to ash? What's going yeah, on? Here? Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly it's, what it's it like. Is great. 
Yeah, and I've always wanted to go, can I just walk up there with that little lighter stick and just start lighting off a couple, you know, with the big fares? You got those guys right next to the things. And I think, what if the what if one of those things just misfires? You got to be like Black Widow and just like move out of the way. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. Excitement, I guess, on every and in every stature that night on the Fourth of July. Absolutely. Hey, what's more American than blowing stuff up? You know, really, and especially little ones that you can just light up and throw. It's like, hey, mom, watch out! You know, bah, 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 bah. you know, it's like everybody everybody becomes John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we tried Every to do that to my in-laws one time. Uh, is when my wife and I were still dating. We we bought what we thought were like you know firecrackers, and we uh, we put them in a pan like right outside my in-laws' bedroom window when they were taking a nap. Now nah, they were just like little smokers, so I mean it's just big thing of smoke. Nothing happened, and we're like, well, you know, all the buildup for nothing. So that was it. It was. It's, it, it's kind of like wa- watching a, a home game with these Cardinals. You, you're thinking they're coming out in the red jerseys. There's Mock Shield. He's like, okay, guys, we're gonna try hard, do our best, and then I'm gonna, you know, read a speech from John in the post game. <laughs> 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 everything looks great. I got, you know, I'm there on Saturday, and I thought, you know, a couple of years ago, you, this might be a winner, but it's it's been a while since I walked into a park, Brian, and kind of thought. Does this team does this team have a chance of winning today? And you see that lineup still, and you're like, how are they not winning more games? So yeah, the, well, the hopefully they'll figure it out. The St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> That's all right. We we always bleed Cardinal red. So, well, hey Dan, I want to thank you again for joining us, and uh, you're always welcome uh, to to come on and and share a little bit of you know just everything. So we we appreciate yeah. you appreciate what you the work you're doing and uh, just keep it up man. And uh, hey, why don't you let our uh, let our listeners know where they can find you and and look up your work. Well, you know, of course as you know on Twitter that, that that's kind of like the ground zero uh, I guess of the the output that I put out at, at Buff82 and uh, KSDK news where you can find movie reviews, but a lot of my new stuff is at uh, St uh, STL Jewish Light. Uh, proud to be writing for that site. I get a little more freedom. They they basically keep publishing stuff, as I call it. And then, of course, if you ever want like the unplugged, you know, where I just kind of go off in, in my own little headspace, Dose of Buff is always a place I can go back. And as a writer, always know that's a place you gotta have a place you can just go bark. You know, just bark, 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 chew on the bone, and come back to write for the other sites when you're a little feeling a little more civilized. But Twitter is the best place. That's where a lot of the articles are linked up uh, at Buff82. Please come come join the madness. That's all I'm going to say. It, it, it's, it's not like any other stream. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that is Dan Buffa joining us on the Holy Smokers guest line. So I want to thank Dan. I want to thank you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. That's all for us for today. I want to thank all of you once again for joining us. I want to thank Dan Buffa. Uh, always great guy to have on. Uh, one of the best. If you haven't checked out his stuff, please do. And also, check out all the other things we have going on over at gatewaycitysports.com. Uh, check out all of our shows and podcasts. We've got Turn In 2. We've got uh, 2 for 3, The Rundown, uh, the Derek King Sports Show, and Team of Rivals. Have fun out there this weekend, guys. You be safe. Be blessed, and we will see you back next week.